Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. This is episode five. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I really hope that y'all have been enjoying your holiday season and really taking care of yourselves and really just embracing who you are going through this season. Like, I'm all about the self-care. And I hope that as you listen to this and if you guys learn me, that you're taking some tips and tricks and just really investing in yourself because I hope you know that it is definitely needed. So I hope the holiday seasons weren't difficult for you. I hope that you enjoyed yourself and that it kind of was an easier thing to deal with, if that makes sense. So, yeah, last week's episode was so good to me. Like, I had so much fun. I hope y'all really got to see my passion and I hope you could feel my passion and I hope you can really feel like I'm here because I love doing this like I love having the opportunity to really just come and speak to people and just really focus on a world where like we're healing so hopefully I you got that and hopefully like you doing your thing and I have a hundred percent belief that you are definitely doing that so definitely Keep doing what you're doing. Shout out to Total Entertainment Radio. You can find me here every Monday at 3 p.m. Central. That's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have not gotten your copy of Everyone Have a, Has a Story Book Project by me, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I mean, don't you think it would be such a good Christmas gift? I, you know, we all starting off the new year. Don't you need a planner? Go ahead and stop playing and go to healingshegotfaith.org and get your book, get a copy of your book project. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. I promise you, you're not. Come on now. So I'm just playing, y'all. <laughs> no, but for real, definitely go to the website, healingshegotfaith.org. Check out my website. If, you know, if it's on your heart to purchase your copy, definitely go ahead. If you purchase directly from my website, I will personally sign it before I personally ship it off. <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into our icebreaker. So last week I did, I actually didn't pick a card. I read from a book, Healing Your Grieving Heart. And it was so good last week as I was thinking of content to talk to you all about. Um, I was like, you know, this week I'm going to pick again because a lot of the stuff that I was talking about, I was finding um things in the book that the author actually was speaking on. So I was like, this is too good not to share. So I will not be picking a card this week. I will be reading from Healing Your Grieving Heart, a hundred practical ideas from Alan Wolfelt. And so this week I found some information where he talks about understanding the six needs of mourning, which if you remember, I was talking to you about the five stages of grief. And how like grieving is not a linear thing. Like it's not going to go in a straight line. Like just because there are stages doesn't mean it's stages one, two, three, four, five, six. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. So he actually talks about that. And then he also goes into uh, basically talking about how it's not in an orderly fashion like we would like it to be. So if you ever just so happen to get this book, 
It is, like I said, Healing Your Grieving Heart by Alan Woodfell. And for today, I'm reading basically pages 3 through 10 and then pages 46. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to go through his six, um, his six, what's it called? Morning, uh, the six needs of morning basically is what it's called. So the first one is need number one, acknowledge the realities of the death. You must gently confront the difficult reality that someone you love is dead and will never physically be present to you again. Whether the death was sudden or anticipated, acknowledging the full reality of the loss may occur over weeks and months. You will first acknowledge the reality of the loss with your head. Only over time will you come to acknowledge it with your heart. At times, you may push away the reality of the death. This is normal. You will come to integrate the reality in doses as you are ready. Need number two. Embrace the pain of the loss. Can I say that again? Embrace the pain of the loss. Because I want y'all to hear that word embrace. Embrace is a very, very important word in this section. This need requires that we embrace the pain of our loss, something we naturally don't want to do. It is easier to avoid, repress, or push away the pain of grief than it is to confront it. It it is in embracing your grief, however, that you will learn to reconcile yourself to it. You will probably need to dose yourself in embracing your pain. If you were allow, if you were to allow in all the pain at once, you could not survive. So basically, you're going to take it in doses, but you should still be embracing it. Need number three, remember the person who died. When someone you love dies, the person lives on in us through memory. To heal, you need to actively remember the person who died and the life that they lived. Never let anyone take your memories away in a misguided attempt to save you from pain. It's good for you to continue to display photos of the person who has passed. Although, um, although it's not always possible or appropriate, it is also good for you to stay in the house you shared with the person who has passed. Remembering the past makes hoping for the future possible. Need number four, develop a new self-identity. Part of your self-identity was formed by the relationship you had with the person who died. You may have gone from being a wife to a widow or from a parent to a bereaved parent. The way you defined yourself and the way society defines you has changed. You need to re-anchor yourself to reconstruct your self-identity. This is painful work. Many of us find that we work on this need. We ultimately discover some positive changes such as becoming a more careful or um, less judgmental. Need number five, search for meaning. When someone you love has passed, we naturally question the meaning and purpose of life and death. Why? Why questions may surface uncontrollably and often proceed to how questions. So why did this happen to me comes before how will I go on living? You will probably question your philosophy on life and explore religious and spiritual values as you work on this need. Remember that having faith or spirituality does not negate your need to mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And finally, the last one is receive ongoing support from others. As mourners, we need the love and understanding of others if we are to heal. Don't feel ashamed by your dependence on others right now instead revel in the knowledge that others care about you unfortunately our society places too much value on carrying on and doing well after death so many of us are abandoned by our friends and family soon after the death 
Grief is a process, not an event, and you will need the continued support of your friends and family for weeks and weeks, months, and years. And then I'm going to hop over to page 46. And this says, know that grief does not proceed in orderly, predictable stages. Though the needs of mourning, and these are ideas that I just read to you, three through eight, are numbered one through six, grief is not an orderly progression towards healing. Don't fall into the trap of thinking your grief journey will be predictable or always forward moving. Usually grief hurts more before it hurts less. You will probably experience a multitude of different emotions in a wave-like fashion. You will also likely encounter more than one need of mourning in the same time. Be compassionate with yourself as you experience your own unique grief journey. And then he always has like kind of like a positive note at the bottom called, um, he, his term is carpe diem. And he actually says, has anyone told you that you are in this or that stage of grief? Ignore this usually well-intentioned advice. Don't allow yourself or anyone else to carmentalize your grief. Your grief. I know I said that word all wrong, y'all. I don't know what's wrong with me, but um, don't put your grief in a box. And I, I wanted to share this with you all because I talked a lot about how the stages of grief are just not linear last week. And I talked about how it is confusing because typically when you think of stages, you think you should go like from step one to two to three to four. And in this situation, it's just not like that. I also liked how he put well-intentioned in his carpe diem because typically people do mean well. And typically people do want you to do well. However, however, um, it's just not what we need and it's just not helpful. And sometimes we have to be honest in saying that, like, I understand what you're saying, but it's honestly just not helpful right now. And we have to be OK with that. And unfortunately, the people may or may not take offense to it. But at the end of the day, like it is something that we have to learn how to be open and honest about, which later on in the show, I'm going to talk about boundaries. And that's such a good boundary to speak to the supporters in our life and as we go through this grief journey there's going to be so much that we learn and there's going to be so much that we just don't quite understand but we're on this journey and this pathway to discover like what the heck is that what does that mean what does that look like etc cetera, etc cetera. so i want you to remember your grief is part of your story your grief has changed your story and that's okay. It's okay that you're not the same person that you used to be. Together, we are going to work through that and we're going to figure out like what the heck that looks like. So that was a little heavy. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hop right into your story plus grief. Welcome back. So let's jump right into it. What is your story? What is your story? When I say that, what comes to mind? What are you thinking about? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, If you have not bought my book project yet, if you um, were to and you were to participate in the journal, there is a front page and it looks like a 
vision board. And I did that on purpose and because before you even read the words that I wrote, I wanted you to think about what your story is and what that looks like. What exactly am I asking? What exactly am I going through? Okay. So I put a couple of different shapes on there. And some of the things on there is mission statement, vision statement, to-do list, all ideas documented here. I have that on there twice. And then the date, because I want you to be able to look back and see where you were at the time that you really decided to invest in your story. The purpose of this is I am a firm believer in knowing yourself without the title. So knowing yourself without the mother's title, the wife's title, the pastor's title, the whatever. I want you to really just look at yourself as human. And I want you to really look at yourself as who you are. What does that fall into? Who who are you? Um, I don't know if I told this story before, but um, I'm going to tell it again if I did. I was leading a group one time and I asked a group of ladies like who they are. And one of the ladies is one of my really, really close friends from college. And she was like, I'm a student and I know her. And I'm like, what student are you? Because we had graduated together multiple times. And I was like, you went back to school? She was like, yeah, I don't know why I said that. She was so used to being a student that that was her title in her head. Like it was a natural response. I want us to break that. When you ask me who I am, it's always, I'm that self-love advocate. I am a child of God that's going to laugh. I am the person that will love you through thick and thin. Like, that is me. That is who I am. And I want us to practice more of what that looks like. And I want us to practice on just not having titles. When we leave this earth, these titles cannot go with us. We are in a society that forces us to truly, truly embrace all the unnecessary. What do I mean by that? You get a degree to get a better job. What, you know, like we look down on like frontline workers. We look down on people who are not as successful on us, which those people have a story and they're really no different than you and me. I mean, I don't think I'm special. I'm going to just be completely honest with y'all. Like, I think I'm just a regular person doing regular things. And I I don't look at anybody in any kind of way. Like, if I see people in a certain job, I don't have that sense of entitlement as, oh, like, I wish they would do something. And I think I've shared with y'all before, like, I while I was in college, um... Actually, while I was in grad school, I was working a full-time job. I was in grad school and I had a part-time job at White Castle. And I remember like people would come into White Castle and dog walk me. Like one man literally was bragging about the grad school he went to, y'all. Why did we go to the same school? Like literally, he was like, yeah, I went to such and such and I'm getting my master's and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... I'm getting my master's of social work there, like at the same school. I'm just in a different building. And he was like, really? Yes. Like, why? That school don't care about you. Let me just be honest. Like, you just the number there. You paying them. We we paying for a name. Like, come on, stop. I had another situation where 
um, I was sitting there. Actually, no, no. It was a morning shift. And I saw it had to be a grandmother and her grandson. And they were sitting there eating. And I really didn't have nothing to do. I had cleaned. I had stocked. I didn't have any other customers. And so I saw that they were about to get up. So I walked out there. And I was like, hey, let me grab your trash for you. I'm going to go ahead and clean up the table after you anyway. So let me just go ahead and grab the trash. And a lady literally was like, don't you wish you would have went to college and got an education? Like, you don't want to do this your whole life. Ma'am, you picked the right one today because... Literally, like I'm working on my second degree on top of all the other certifications I have. I'm like, ma'am, I literally as a full-time person help people get into college and stay in college. Like that was literally my job. I, I gave her a card. I was like, her, because clearly you and your grandson gonna need me in the future. Like, stop playing with me. And all of I used to like just look at people like y'all really are entitled. Y'all have all these titles and don't know how to be human. I don't like that. Because you, you're not better than me. Just because I'm over here serving you a number one with extra cheese you, does not make you better than me. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I still got a story and so do you, sweethearts. I, I hope they doing good, those, those folks, though. Because I hope they learn something from me that day. Because that's another thing. Like When you talk about who are you, I'm the one that's not going to shut up. That's what we're not going to do because I do get tired of people treating other people less than. Like, just because I'm not living the type of life that you're living does not mean that I'm less than who you are. This is why it's important to know your story. Because when people talk to you like that, you can come back real quick. And I'm not saying, like, be ugly or be nasty. Like, that. that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm just saying, like, we have to learn to advocate for ourselves. Because that could have easily broke me down to the point of where I'm like, oh, I'm really not doing nothing. No, 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 sweetheart. I'm doing everything right now. And I know I am because guess what I'm doing is by myself. I put myself through college. I put myself through grad school. I didn't have help. The only people I had help from was people on campus. And really, that was only in my undergrad program. Grad school, I was really by myself. So I had to have that confidence in my in me to say, you know what? No, what you're not going to do is talk about me. But what I am going to do is I am going to let you know who I am. Because I want you to remember. And I want you to think twice before you talk crazy to somebody else. And don't teach your kid that. Like you had, I, the little boy couldn't have been no more than five or six. Like you teaching him bad habits. He has a story too. He's his own person. But you're teaching him things that he just don't need to learn. And I, and I go, and this goes back to, this is why knowing your story is important. Knowing you have a story and knowing that everything that you have going on is purposeful. Everything that you've been through has a purpose. Everything that you have experienced has put you in a place to know someone or something else. And I want you to remember that because I want you to know that you're not alone. And I want you to know that it does get ugly. And having those true stories do hurt. And having those true stories put us in a position to where we really don't 
some stuff we just don't understand. Knowing our story does make us a better people for a better community because we tend to become healed. When one person sees you healed, it encourages them to truly do it there, you know, invest in themselves. Also, too, when you're in your own lane, not bothering nobody, it's very hard for somebody to mess with you. It is very hard for somebody to truly, like, get under you. It is, And there are just some people out in the world who are just unhappy and they want you to be unhappy with them. Those people we're not talking about. We're talking about people who really and genuinely just want to grow. They want to be people who have moved on have realized they've been through some real crazy things and have just had an opportunity to change their life. And I truly imagine a world where we're healed, where we can grieve, we can mourn, we can address our trauma, but we can become better from it. I truly envision a world where there are unlimited mental health resources, unlimited medical resources, I truly envision a world that we have overcame. I am a firm believer that my generation is, is the generation that looked at the history and looked at the past and like, oh, nah, this ain't that. We ain't going through that. Y'all had that. Y'all had y'all chance to fix it. Y'all did it. So here we are. Because I know a lot of people really don't like my generation because we're the generation. Like, we're not going to keep having unhappy marriages and having all these kids and we, you know, we can't really focus on it. We, we're not going to be the generation. We're not that generation that's going to stay with a job for 25 years because it's quote unquote job security. Sorry, not, it's just not going to happen. We are, we are the generation that we are going to take breaks. We are the generation we are going to invest in ourselves. We are the generation that we are going to truly know who we are, love ourselves, move forward, we really don't care what the system has to say. We are the generation that we are acknowledging these systems and letting these systems know that we about to break y'all. I love that for us. I absolutely love that for us. As scary as it can be, as draining as it can be, I also love how much we've truly just said, you know, well, we're, we're about to change this. It's so many people talking about breaking generational curses and it does start with ourselves. A simple generational curse that you can break is getting rest. I know for me, the older people in my life never get rest. They can't be by themselves. And me, I'm going to get my... One thing about Lisa, she going to get her sleep. She going to say no. She would choose sleep over work. She would choose sleep over hanging out. You want to know why? Because I can't be my best self without my rest. And if I don't get my rest, I'm not a pleasurable person to be around. And I know that about myself. You know how I know that about myself? Because I did the inner work to figure out that about myself. And that's all I'm trying to encourage y'all to do. I just want y'all to know little tips and tricks to really know yourself and to really figure out like who it is that you are. Because that's important. It's important, y'all. I promise you it's important. You truly need to get to a place where you're taking the time to figure out who you are. So we're going to take a break. Go ahead and figure out who you are. When we come back, we're going to talk about knowing who you are. <laughs>
Welcome back. Welcome back. So, talked about doing the inner work to figuring out who you are. Because why is your story important? Your story is, in a, is important because you bring something to this earth. I firmly, firmly believe that. Knowing who you are is something that's going to be an ongoing process. It's not going to be something that you figure out in a day. It's not going to be something that you figure out in a month. It's going to be something that's going to take new things. Um, what did what did one of those six steps say? Um, oh, develop a new self-identity. So like if you're grieving, because remember, the name of this episode is called Your Story Plus Grief. So we are speaking about situations where grief has truly changed you your grief will change your identity and let me give you an example when my mother died I was very 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 um different and I've I've said that before but I went from being very self-loving very Jesus-y like I was the the Jesus freak y'all and just like I don't know like just very positive joyful but when my mom died it was a different story. Like I was miserable. I was crying. I didn't want to be around nobody. All I wanted to do was sleep. I couldn't really think of anything positive to say. It was a very different thing. My identity had changed completely because of my mom. My mom had passed away. So because of that, um, it really came down to I had to figure out my new normal. And I talk a lot about that. If you go to my website, if you go to if you read my book, I talk a lot about finding your new normal. What is a new normal? A new normal is your life after losing that person, place or thing has changed your identity. You have to figure out what that new normal is. You can no longer call that person. You no longer have access to them. So, yes, the the new normal has changed, whereas you might have used, your routines changed. You might have used to get up and go running every morning, but now you can't get up before 6 a.m. But you used to be that person. Your identity has changed. Grief does that to us. Grief brings out, grief brings out the things that we hide. Because when we're grieving, our body can no longer hold those things in. Our body is constantly like, hey, it's, it's time to address this. Like, it's like it's knocking on it. Like, hey, we've been hiding this. Let's go ahead and let it out now. We might as well. We're already here. Hey. <laughs> That's just how I envision myself. I envision this like a cartoon. Um <laughs> And that's why it's important to know yourself. And, and don't beat yourself up for not being your old person. Don't beat yourself up for that. We are at a place where we have to make the change. We have to be somebody different. We have to truly figure out, like, what is it? Like, which way are we going? Left or right? Forward, backwards? Like, where are we going? What is it? That's why knowing yourself is so important. So when you go through changes, you can't reflect like, well, okay, well, this really used to bring me joy. It doesn't bring me joy no more. But hey, like I I like this now. Whatever that this may be, you have to you have to cater to your body. You have to listen to your body. Our bodies talk to us. If you do not believe me, 
either remember a time that you were grieving or wait until you do grieve. And when you get to a certain situation and your stomach just starts hurting or your left ankle just gives out on you or your elbow starts itching or if you start talking about a situation, your eyes start twitching, your lips start shaking, all of a sudden you sweating. You probably not even a sweater, but all of a sudden you sweating. You have to know yourself. You have to know how you are. You have to know how you react in the in the environment. And I say you have to know that, but you but hear me out. You have to learn that. You're not just going to know that just because. You have to experience it. You have to pay attention to it. Because that's the other thing, too, I'm, I'm missing to say. You have to pay attention to it. Because our bodies talk to us all day, every day. But that doesn't necessarily mean we listen to it. We definitely need to start listening to our bodies. Our bodies will talk. I'm telling you, our bodies will talk. So, with knowing who you are, the next step will be building your confidence. Now, let me tell you this. I can't tell you how to build your confidence because I don't know. Building your confidence takes different steps. Building your confidence takes you knowing who you are. There are certain things that you have to do in order to build that confidence for yourself. For me, it's dancing. Now, y'all. I'm not a professional dancer. I'm not a good dancer. But if I go to a dance class and I get into it, I am all in it. And afterwards, I feel rejuvenated. I feel energized. I feel so good, y'all. Like, I feel extremely good because I have catered to my body and I have catered to the needs of what that looks like. I have catered to what is fueling my soul. Which is something that a lot of us just don't do. We don't do that because we don't know how to do that. So with all of that being said, you truly have to know what it is that is going to fuel your energy. That's how you build your confidence. It might be eating differently. It might be trying something new. It might be going on dates. It might be going back to school. It might be accomplishing something else. I don't know what it is. But. What I will tell you is you have to figure it out for yourself. You have to figure out what that looks like. You have to figure out what it is that you're doing. And I don't necessarily have the answer for you. And I'm sorry about that. But I mean, I think it goes into knowing who you are. I think as you go through this journey, you're truly figuring out what it is that you're doing. You're truly figuring out like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. This really makes me feel good. This kind of makes me uncomfortable. I'm definitely not doing that again. So building your confidence. For me, I started to dress differently. Like if I feel really down, I tend to dress differently. So like I've been into like kind of like this fashion thing. And I know like some people who know me, they like, girl, all you wear is like two-piece jumpsuits. Like, come on now. But um, I have like started to like venture out into fashion. Like I have a friend who she's into fashion. She has her own boutique and I will sit there and talk to her about fashion. I may not ever buy anything, but I try to figure stuff out of my head. I try to wear different types of shoes and I do try it because I want to feel better. And for me, if I dress up when I don't feel like it, I do end up feeling better because I'm like, oh, girl, you look good. Like you pretty. Oh, you cute. Who's going to be Mr. Lisa today? Like, I, I get that confidence. Like, I listen, 
doing this show, this show gives me so much confidence, y'all. Like speaking into a microphone, being on a international platform, being on YouTube, like being on YouTube is terrifying. Can I tell y'all that? It's terrifying. I even started doing some stuff on TikTok and that's terrifying for me too because I'm being vulnerable and opening my life and opening up my passion to just different people. It's absolutely terrifying to me. But it also gives me confidence because, oh, you stepping outside of the box. Like, I, I think I've told y'all before, like, I love my voice. I think my voice is, I used to say, like, my the best attributes I have is my hair and my eyes. But I don't know, this voice, I love it. You, you cannot tell me nothing about this voice. Like, I love my voice, okay? So, like, listening to myself on a podcast, listening to myself on YouTube, listen, um, listening to myself on the radio, like, I love that. I love that for me. I love that for everything that it is. Like it, it boosts my confidence when people are like, oh, I, I, I'm listening to you. Or when people are like, oh, I read your book. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's so cool. Like, I'm actually an author. I'm actually a radio talk show host. Like, what? So it's dope. So that's something that has helped me build my confidence. You know, so I want you to think about like, what is what is it that has helped you build your confidence? What how do you feel? Like what's something think about this? What's that one thing that you always think about that just makes you feel so good? What is that? Think about that. We're gonna go ahead and take a break. Hey, Faithers, welcome back. So did you think about that one thing that just made you feel good? I hope you did. One thing I want to let y'all know, and I want to just say this is, if we don't know how to handle ourselves, then other people definitely don't know how to. And that's a hard place to be. Because oftentimes people will come into our lives and they will really try to help us and they will really try to make us feel good and they will really try to like, Put us in a place of like, oh, well, you did this. And and like the the author said in the book, like it's unintentional, but it can cause us harm because typically people just want us to be happy. Typically people want to see us do better, which cool. Thank you for loving me that much. Thank you for putting me in a position to where you truly want me to feel better. But I didn't ask for that. I didn't ask for that. And they may feel salty. It may hurt them. But you didn't ask. You didn't ask for that. But that's why it's important to know who you are as a person. That's why it's important to know your grief cycle. And I talked about that a little bit in previous um, conversations of knowing your grief cycle. What does that look like? So for me, my grief cycle, it pretty much starts in September because that's really when the situation with my mom happened. And it goes all the way probably into January because in January is my father's birthday. So from like September to January, I have this weird phase of like some years I'm really good. This year I'm doing terrible. Let me tell you, I am just an emotional wreck. It is very hard for me to get out of bed. It's very hard for me to be motivated to do things. 
Um, I'm extremely busy too. So that doesn't help because I just feel like I just don't have time to myself. I just don't feel like I have time to do anything. And so that also contributes to my grief cycle. And so one thing I know about myself is if I am too busy, my body starts shutting down. My body, like it'll start off with the mental. It'll start off with the thing of, oh, woo, like I'm drained. I'm fatigued. I can't get out of bed. I can't do this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then my body will start to get sick. So I'll start, I'll get like a cold, then I'll get chills. And then like my body has shut down on me before, like where I can't get up, my legs hurt. Or, um, one time I had a, what was it? A, um, uh, back and neck spasm at the same time. Got rushed to the hospital, had to stay in the hospital for a couple of days. The only thing they could give me was muscle relaxers, muscle relaxers. I typically don't get fevers, but I know when my body shut down, I get a fever. So I know that's not a good sign. Those are just things I know about myself. My grief cycle is where around certain days, so like November 16th, my mom's birthday, I tend to be more sad. Um, January 16th, my dad's birthday, I tend to be more sad. The day of my mom's death, which is October 4th, I tend to just get quiet and I don't really know like what's happening. I'm kind of just there. Um, And so I know these things about my grief cycle because I've taken the time to truly understand what that looks like for me. And sometimes it's hard to handle myself. So because I know it's hard to handle myself, I don't expect other people to be able to handle me, even though it would be nice, but it's not something that I expect because I do respect other people. And like I've told y'all before, just because somebody is in your life does not mean they have to deal with you. It does not mean they have the capacity to deal with you. Just like you lost somebody, they may have lost somebody, you know, and vice versa. That, you know, and sometimes we tend to lose people that um, like around the same time of our friends grieving cycle. And so it is hard for people to be there, especially if they're grieving, especially if the if the grief is fairly new, if you just lost somebody and things of that nature, um, especially with the world that we're living in. Like there's so much loss. There's so much pain. There's so much grief. There's so much trauma that's going on. And it's very hard to truly be in a position to understand and support people. Like we're just at a day and age where it is hard to support people because you also have your own stuff going on. So you have to know that about yourself. Like you might have to have those conversations with friends. Like, listen, it's been really hard for me. It's not that I'm not supporting you. I'm really just trying to figure out like where I'm at in life. Like I just, I don't know. And I've had that. Like I talked to y'all last week about a friend getting a new car. And while I was so excited about my friend, I was also grieving. Like I was like, and my friend over here thinking it is something that they did. But I'm like, no, yeah, like you didn't do anything. It's just. I miss my mom right now. Like, I just really wish I had her. I really wish she wasn't dead. Like, I wish she could come back. And so with knowing that, it is something that you truly have to just be be aware of yourself. You truly have to be aware of, like, what it is that's going on um, 
what does that look like? And it's not an easy conversation. It's not an easy conversation at all. The last thing I want to talk to y'all about is boundaries. And this is something that I've been in therapy this last year talking about is boundaries. Like, (sighs) having boundaries has been so difficult for me. It has really put me in a place to where I have to truly know myself and I have to truly understand, like, what it is that, like, who told me I had to say yes to everything? That's what I'm trying to get out. Who told me I had to say yes to everything? Who told me that if I didn't say yes, I was a bad person? Who told me that? And a lot of it comes from I never saw healthy boundaries growing up. I never saw people who truly understood what it was like to say no. I tend to be around people who are always on the go, always doing every and anything. I mean, what does that say about me? Like the type of people that I'm attracted. But this is also the type of people I grew up with. I had people who literally had nothing and were given everything. How do you give something out of nothing? Which that's love. Don't get me wrong. But we also have to learn boundaries. You don't have to take on everybody's situation. You don't have to take on everybody's pain. You don't have to take on everybody's um, problems. The issue comes in when we keep saying yes, even when we want to say no, we're disrespecting ourselves. Because our bodies really don't want to do it. We really don't want to do it. We wanna we wanna be nice and we wanna be loving, but we don't wanna be in a position that we are truly struggling. We don't want to be in a position that we're truly in a place where it just doesn't work out for us. It just doesn't work out for us. And it and, and it it does suck. So with boundaries, you know, one of the things that I really want to hit home today is I really want y'all to learn how to say no and say no without an explanation. You know, stop, stop trying to do everything. Like we just came from Thanksgiving. We're about to enter Christmas. You know, just because your family has a tradition doesn't necessarily mean you have to attend to it, especially if your body is not feeling it. Yes, life is short and we need to be with our loved ones, but sometimes you be tired. It ain't easy to be around people when you need rest. And we have to learn to honor our body. We have to learn to honor what it is, because let me tell you something about me. When I don't have my rest, when I'm not in the best of moods, I'm just not pleasurable to be around. When I'm not happy, I'm not pleasurable. Like, it is not fun to be around me. So in order to protect myself and to protect the people I love, I have to take those breaks. And I have to, unfortunately, say no to some things. Yes, people's feelings get hurt. And yes, people's feelings just have like this entitlement, but I'm telling y'all, like, just because I don't show up doesn't mean I don't love you. Mm. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up.
Welcome back. So did y'all hear that last thing I said? Just because I don't show up does not mean I don't love you. So let's start today. Let's start with practicing some boundaries. Let's start with really honoring our body. Let's start with honoring what it is that we truly want to do and say, you know, we do need to show people that we love them and we do need to show support. And if we're constantly in isolation, like that definitely is a problem. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us folks that are constantly showing up and showing out for every and everything but ourselves. Because think about it. When you dead, what's going to happen? I used to say that to people all the time. Like, if you die tomorrow, like, what you going to do for your family? You going to be dead. You're not going to be here. You're going to be dead. Like, seriously, you're going to be dead. Like, what is it? Like, what is it? And some people don't get that. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And if that's your force, hey, by all means, go ahead and do it. I'm not here to tell you not to do that. I'm just saying, like, I just really wish people would take care of themselves and do better with themselves because you're important. You deserve rest. You deserve relaxation. You deserve not to be busy all the time. Like, I promise you, you do. I promise you, you do. I, I promise you don't owe it to anybody to not. I mean, you don't owe it to anybody to say yes. You don't owe anybody anything. And I think that's the thing with with our society today like we feel some kind of way if somebody don't support us or if someone chose their mental health over us nobody owes us anything people choose to support us nobody has to deal with us if they don't want to nobody owes us that the only thing i could really think of is you might owe your kids something but even that's the choice you know even that's something that you truly have to just like really think about like a lot of stuff that we do is out of love because we want to like we want to see people happy like with me I genuinely want to see people win and I genuinely want to see people like have a life that's worth living like I genuinely want that so a lot of times I am pouring into people and I am showing people love that's who I am and I'm going to do it but guess what I'm also going to take my breaks I'm also going to be in a position to where I'm like okay y'all like I really can't be here right now because of what I'm going through and I want people to like realize you you don't owe anybody an explanation. You really don't. You don't owe anybody anything. It's okay to say no. So I really hope that y'all really get get this. So like let's just summarize it. Let's just bring everything together right now. So this episode was really about your grief and your story. And it's really more focused on your story because your story is yours. Your story brings something to this world. Like your story is who you are. And I want you to know that like you don't owe anybody anything like your story, good, bad, ugly, whatever the case may be is it's yours. Embrace it. Figure out your identity. Take care of yourself. Invest in yourself. Say yes to you and no to the world. Stop pressuring yourself to do things that nobody told you you had to do. Stop pressuring yourself to be something that nobody asked you to be. Invest in you. Life sucks sometimes. We have very hard seasons that we go through. We have very dark seasons that we go through. 
And if you survive that, guess what? That was for a purpose. That was for a reason. And we may not understand it. There's a lot of stuff that I go through that I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I was recently on a trip with a friend for her 30th birthday. And um, some of the boundaries I had set was uh, they wanted to go hiking and horseback riding and Throughout the whole trip, I was just like, you know, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to go. And I kind of, I did explain myself because I just was like, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just kind of where I'm at in life. And I ended up doing everything. So I went hiking in the desert. I went horseback riding in the desert. And it was absolutely beautiful. And it gave me a moment to recharge because it was so quiet. And I got to experience a new environment and it was absolutely beautiful. But what I appreciated was I was able to sit down and speak with the people that I was on a trip with and let them know, like, this is a boundary of mine. This is a boundary of mine. And I just don't know if I'm able to fulfill this activity because I'm listening to my body. And granted, I challenged myself and I got out of my comfort zone and I did it. And it was absolutely beautiful. Also, during this trip, I had a moment where my friend was, like, basically repeating some music lyrics to me. And I, like, looked at her and I was like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't want to think about that. Um, There's a lot of times where there's just some stuff I just don't want to think about. There's just some stuff that I'm just not feeling. And in that moment, I just don't want to, like... I oftentimes you hear me say, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to think about it. Like, I just, I just don't want to think about it. Like, I'm thinking 24-7 all day, every day. Like, I'm just, ugh. And so, like, sometimes if it's an activity that requires me to overthink or if it's activity that requires me to do some critical thinking or analytical thinking, I'm just not going to do it. So, like, fun fact about me, I hate playing games. Hate it. I'm not competitive. I hate thinking. I just want to do what I want to do. I don't want the pressure of like a teammate or other person. I just, I just don't want that pressure. It is, it is not fun to me. And I'm at that place where I tell people like I don't play games. Like I'm, don't ask me. The answer gonna be no. It's not gonna be fun to me. Like I'm done because again, I don't want to think about. It. I just want to enjoy the presence of where I'm at. I just want to enjoy where I'm at. Like. We live in a society where we constantly have to be doing stuff for it to make sense. And that's the thing. Like, when you hang out with me, like, I might be watching TV. I might be out eating. And, like, people are like, oh, you want to play a game? Like, no, I don't. I don't want to play a game. I just want to enjoy my presence right now. And because I'm trying to practice that I don't always have to be busy. That's a boundary of mine. I'm trying to practice I don't always have to be doing something. The phone does not always need to be in my hand. The TV does not always need to be on. I don't need to always be writing. I don't need to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Like those are boundaries of mine. So with all that being said, I really hope that you take from this episode what you need, what resonates with you, but I also really hope hope that you take that you should be embracing your story. Take the time to get to know who you are, build your confidence and set those boundaries. You are worthy of all of that. You don't owe anybody anything. This is your story. It is here on earth for you. Embrace it. It belongs to you. Do not be ashamed of what you have been through. This is your story. And your grief may change the identity of you, 
which will change the trajectory of your story, but it's still your story. I gave you some tips and tricks last week to do. So that was like exercising, rituals, affirmations, praying, writing, finding a new hobby, exercise, anything to help you figure out who you are as a person. Continue to practice those things. Continue to take note of what it is that brings you happiness. Continue to figure out what it is that you like, what it is that you love, what brings you happiness, what brings you peace, what brings you joy, any of that. So take what, you know, take it in and then start practicing and start journaling about it, start writing about it so that you can see your timeline of growth. You can see your timeline of what it is that you've been doing, what it is that you've been experiencing. Okay. So shout out to Total Entertainment Radio for having me on their platform. Thank you. Without them, this show would not exist. Shout out to the Hidden Wealth Center for allowing me to utilize their space each and every week to make this show even possible. Shout out to my listeners for being here. I love y'all. And uh, make sure you check healingshegotfaith.org. We will be having new blogs coming soon, and I will be having a couple new exciting programs coming up. So just make sure you're in the now. Go ahead and go on that website. Subscribe to the email list so you're in the now. And then, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Remember to love you the way you love the world. And remember, you are worthy. You are so worthy because I really feel like I have some listeners out there that just really need to know, like, you are extremely worthy and you are doing everything in your power to make it work. And I want you to know that it is. All right. I love y'all. I will catch y'all next week at Monday. Bye, y'all.